So, welcome to the fifth episode of the Ways World Podcast. Y'all like that, didn't y'all? <laughs> um, there's some things that we're going to touch on today. We're going to have my first ever state of mental health address. Secondly, um, we're going to get into some top fives. We're going to talk about the AEW title being stolen. I know that may be an old story, but I haven't touched on it yet, so... I'm going to give y'all my two cents on it. Um, After that, we're going to just throw in a couple of tips um, for, you know, husbands, boyfriends, and any man in a relationship that that wants their relationship to to go to the next level. Just some things that you can, just a few things you can definitely do. Um, I'm going to touch on a little bit about the Dave Chappelle skit. And then also, we have an exciting news story um, that I'm pretty sure a couple of you have seen on the news or like have seen on Facebook um, a man lit a cigarette as he was being robbed at a St. Louis bar I know the shit sounds wild the shit sounds crazy but you get crazy here on the Ways World Podcast and I want y'all to sit back relax grab your favorite drink roll up and enjoy the show Like I said, y'all, it is episode five of the Ways World Podcast. We are definitely here. Last episode, I said we are heating up. This this episode, we've already didn't hit the boiler point, goddammit. Um, well, we haven't boiled over just yet. But we close. We close. We getting it. Um, and the first thing that I'm going to talk about is going to be mental health. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little journey about my mental health not too long, and then we'll kind of just, you know, talk from there. So, um, the first big step in my mental health journey was me compartmentalizing my parent, my parents' divorce. Um, me having to actually accept that was the first step in me, um, you know, that was the first deterioration in my mental health and the first building block to me rebuilding it back up. The second event that I can really, you know, call was me moving from, um, what you would say public school to a gifted and talented program at Banneker elementary. The reason why it was like a, a big event was because, um, early on in my school, I went to preschool at Washington. I went to preschool at, um, at Sister Thea Bowman. We used to be a Catholic school. Um, I went to kindergarten at Washington. I went to first grade at Thea Bowman. Then I went to second and third grade at Washington. So pretty much my whole early school life, um, I had been around the same kids. So like I knew the same kids. Hey, um, this is my friend. I know him. I know her. Blase, blase. Um, then when I went to Banneker, it was a completely new, new shift. Um, I wasn't accepted. I wasn't accepted at Banneker. Um, and it was just like, you know, a a big, a big difference compared to what I was used to. My little sister had been there since she was in like kindergarten. So she, she knew the system. She, she knew about Banneker. She, she knew, um, about how it operated. She knew the kids, she knew the teachers. Like it was just a whole different, a whole different setup for her. Um, but eventually I got acclimated to Banneker and things, things got better. Um, like I, I, it started off very, very rough and then it, it gradually got better. But when I got to middle school, 
and it wasn't just a school of gifted and talented. I was back in the school with, um, you know, with what we didn't get the talented called regular education, or I guess the school system called it regular education, whatever you want to label it as. We were like mixed in with them. Um, the gifted and talented at Tolleston was on the was it the second floor or the third floor. It was on the third floor. Gifted and talented was primarily on the third floor. On the second floor, you had some regular ed classes, and then you also had the language classes. Um, and then on the first floor, you had like your arts, your musics, woodshop, and you know the other regular ed classes. So to be mixed in um, was something different because again, the regular ed students all knew each other. Even some of the gifted talented students knew some of the regular ed students i pretty much knew like maybe a handful of people um or you could say was cool with like a handful of people um but that was really it but being mixed in with the regular ed, ed kids kind of it fucked me up because that's when primarily the bullying started um like i said i had already received some bullying at banneker but it ramped up a lot when i got to tolliston and then you mix both of those together and it creates a very combustible, combustible element. Um, and middle school was the first time. And again, I'm just going, like I said, this is a, a open podcast. So it's something I just want to openly talk about. Um, and middle school was the first time I ever, I ever attempted to, to take my own life. Um, and it was hard. Um, it was just a lot going on. Um, I have this, this mark on my elbow. I have a keloid scar on my elbow. Um, every time I look at it, it reminds me of a very particular day in middle school. Um, so coming off of Labor Day, when I was coming off of Labor Day, I had me and my mother and sister had went to one of her friends um, at through a barbecue. And when they threw the barbecue, um, one of the, like the, the kids there had uh, one of those old motorcycle bikes, you know, that looked like a motorcycle, but it was a bicycle. I had never rode one of those. I had never rode one of those before. So I tested it out. Um, and at that point in time, I was really good at riding bikes. Like, you know, I could stand up. I could ride with no hands. I could ride with the left. I could ride. I can do all different types of tricks with a bicycle. So I was cool. Um, but I had never rode one of those before. So I tried to stand up. And when I tried to stand up, I peeled. Like I, like I spilled out. Um, I ended up hitting the ground and rolling. And by hitting the ground and rolling, I ended up scraping my elbow. So for like the next, I'd say for like the next couple of days, it was a scab there. But that's all it was, was just a scab. So when I got back to school after that, um, I think that may have been like the the second week, possibly the, the first. But when I got back to school, um, I don't know if it was after lunch, but it was a point in time, right, where I had went up to the third floor and it was a bunch of a bunch of kids around. It was a bunch of regular ed kids up there, and it was a bunch of kids. so it was a big ass mix. I got pushed. I don't know who did it. I don't know why they did it because I wasn't bothering anybody, and I was minding my own business. I was literally just going up to the third floor on my way to class. I got pushed, and when I got pushed, I hit the floor, and I guess that was like a like a blood and water blood in the water for sharks and when i hit the floor all i remember is it felt like 30 people because everybody up there rushed towards me and started stumping me out 
And then when the teachers finally came out the classroom after what felt like forever, I looked at my arm and I was bleeding. My arm, I could barely move my left arm. Um, eventually the numbness went away, but when it went away, I was looking at my arm and it was bleeding. So the teachers had the nerve to ask me, they were like, do you want to go to the nurse? And I'm like, what do you mean? Thinking to myself, like, what do you mean? Do I want to go to the nurse? I am bleeding in front of you. How is this not clicking for you? Um, so I, but I just told him like, yeah, I'll go ahead and go to the nurse. Like it is whatever. So I left and and went to the nurse, got wrapped up and bandaged. And when I got back in the class and I was going to math class, I had Miss Goods at the time. When I went back to um to math class, all the kids was just they, they were just looking at me and laughing like like it was funny. Um and that same night was the, the first time I tried I tried it. Um, popped a bunch of pills and went to sleep and hoped that I wouldn't wake up the next day. Um, and like I said, it was just, it was just rough. It was just extremely fucking rough. And so again, not having really anybody there besides, um, my brother D to really fight motherfuckers off, um, Seventh and eighth grade were like were like I could say one of the roughest periods, um, and then when we get to high school, things got better, um, a little bit better, but it still didn't get too much better. Um, they used to have this thing called point them out, knock them out, and I know that's just a thing that happens, but um, I was the one that was a lot of times getting pointed out. A good number of those times I was able to catch it and my reflexes had gotten better. So I was able to because I after middle school, I stayed on high alert. Like motherfuckers, you think I was weird. Like, why the fuck are you always looking around? Like, why are you always watching your back? Why are you always just why are you always paranoid? And it was because at any point in time. And again, I don't know if it was if this was anybody else in the school because it felt like it was literally just me. But at any point in time, I could be attacked for literally no fucking reason and because of that that it crushed me and this was something that I was never really good at openly talking about back then like I feel like for anybody that does hear this that that went to school with me I feel like this might be like a new a new experience or this might be eye-opening for you it might not some people may have known this back then but that that was that was my whole high school experience middle school experience up until about my junior year in high school and when my junior year high school um a train a change happened right so my wife likes to to tell me that like um she likes to she likes to crack jokes because in my junior year high school I started wearing contacts um but they started off as color contacts and they weren't blatantly to me, they weren't blatantly like out of the range. Like they, they looked like they fit me. A lot of people, mostly women, of course, told me that they fit me. Um, so I'm like, okay, cool. Like got you. And I kind of rocked with that for a while. Um, and then also I got taller. 
Like I'm about six foot two, and my junior year of high school, I got up to about like five ten, five eleven. Um, so almost at that six foot mark, and and yeah, like then like also by that point, I had started swimming. Like I was on my third year, third year of swimming, um, and it was just I, a lot of things had just changed for me by that point. Um, and then you go on to 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 college right um because my senior year was a ball i don't give a fuck what nobody said i had a ball my senior year but when i got on when i went on to college um it was again a different culture shock because it was no longer gifted and talented and regular ed i had i went from elementary school with it being all gifted and talented so me trying to figure out that system um then transitioning to being reincorporated with um, you know, the, the, the normal public school kids and the gifted and talented kids. And once I finally figured out that system, I got, again, it was, it was time to leave high school and then had to go to college. And when I went to college, um, I started off in the upward bound program, um, in the upper bound program. Uh, it was a good program. It gave me some college credits. It gave me the opportunity to go visit Oklahoma, Virginia, uh, and just, uh, just, it just gave me, you know, some different experiences, but, um, some of the, some of the, the kids or some of the, the people that I was there with, um, did not necessarily help my, my mental health. Um, and looking back on it, I feel like they were trying to, but because they, they would tell me like, why are you always sad? Like you need to pick yourself up and you like, you're depressing and shit like that. But me, I was just taking that as oh, these motherfuckers are just attacking me. You don't know what I'm going through. Like, what the fuck is it going like? And, you know, I was just kind of come, everything for a very long time was always compartmentalized. It was always like uh, attack, 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 attack. But that was just because I never really had too many people to kind of, you know, when I'm in a funk or I'm in a mood or, cause I'm a facial person, so you can always see it on my face. But when it, but when it does come out, I never really had anybody to be like, what's wrong or what's going on. It was always the, the general stigma of suck it up. It was always the general stigma of, of, you know, be a man, you know, you know, fight through the pain. Don't show no emotion, um, which I feel like in the in this world of 2019, that the whole toxic max masculinity movement, um, I agree with it. And then again, I don't I feel like there are certain staples as far as being a man that need to be instilled in you but i also do feel like there are certain things that we do need to change like for instance the emphasis on on always having to be tough the emphasis on always having to to have that thick layer of outer skin like if you really sit down and have a conversation with a with a grown-ass man you will understand that this motherfucker is going through so much shit in his life and he he doesn't have too many outlets it is lucky if us as men can find that one other guy that we can talk to that understands like what it's like to be a man in 2019 to be a man in general um but going to college that was something that was the beginning of of that for me for me understanding and me taking my journey into really becoming a man um, and some of the people at first I decided to surround myself were not helpful at all. They were, they were not, 
Um, I drank myself a lot into a stupor, especially on very, very extremely emotional nights and bad days. And again, for those that party with me back at Kent, for those of you that do not know what Kent Avenue is, um, if you were there at ISU, I would say from 20 in 2013, um, from September of 2013 up until about December of 2013, if you were at ISU, you knew what the fuck Kent was. Kent was this party house that we had and it just was the most euphoric experience of my life. When I say we partied in those, what, three, four months, we partied every day from Sunday to Sunday. It was ridiculous. Um, and yeah, uh, but some of the people that I had around during that, that point in time just weren't the people that I needed around. They, they, none of them helped me. None of them, uh, none of them really attributed anything good to what I was, you know, to the improvements that I needed to make as far as my mental health goes. Um, and again, it would be a lot of times when I would drink, like I said, I would drink myself asleep. Or I would drink until I passed out and vomited everywhere. And it wasn't just because I was partying, but that was a lot of times of me trying to to hide the pain. Like I like I went through literally I went through like a four month period of me being like an alcoholic. Like literally every single fucking day I was drunk. There was not a day I was drunk. There would be times I would walk through the commons at ISU with a bottle in my hand and ask the people that didn't want to drink with me like drunk as fuck and i know that's like college times some people really do do that but me that was that was literally me trying to cope with all the pain that i was dealing with at the time um because i had also coming into isu i had just came fresh off of a breakup of somebody i thought at that time was like the love of my life so it was just a lot going on but what my um my homeboy d block told me the other day that that really stuck with me was it eventually boiled down to where it's at now. He was like, he was like, after Kent, after everything, after everything came down and after everything happened, it eventually boiled down to who it needed to be. Everybody else is still there. And if they want to come around or they need to be reached out to, you know, they can be. But as far as the core group, like we found what our core group is. And that rang so that rang so so well with me because it's true. Along this mental health journey, from beginning till to where I'm at now, um, that's something that always that I always wanted. I always wanted that core group. Like I never had that core group of people. Um, some people have had it literally since kindergarten. Some people have had it forever like but I never had it and I didn't get that until I went to college until I went through everything that I went through like I feel like I'm a much stronger man now I feel like I'm a a much stronger individual now because of all the experiences I went through but I'm saying all of that to to simply say this right this this is the the point that I want to get across check on your people if somebody has expressed to you that they have a mental health issue or they have um, some sort of mental compartmentalization issue, 
um, that they are going through, then what you what they honestly need from you is to check on them. They may need you to honestly go ahead and to give them that that extra bit of of love because you never know what they might be going through. Um, like yes, these past couple of days, me personally, I was supposed to have had a Ways World episode out last Wednesday. Um, and ever since last Wednesday, I've been going through what I've been telling people is a gray area. I've been going through like a real gray moment and period in my life because I, um, I've been, like I said, I've been feeling gray. Like I just been feeling not necessarily all the way unwanted but I just been feeling blah and I could never really express or really get out why I've been feeling blah but thanks to quite a few really good people who have shown me um, that they really are there for me I want to just say thank you to all of you for helping me come up out of my funk um, and I know a lot of you have been there before. It's just when it when when I get in that mode, or, and not just me, but sometimes when when you have a when you suffer from depression, you get in this this mode of one thing can lead to another thing that can lead to another thing that can send you into a downward spiral. And when you get into that downward spiral, it's hard to come out. It's extremely hard to come out. But but what thing my father actually told me was those those and it's again it's a lot easier to say than to than to actually you know do but he was like pray he was like um take that time and, and pray if you if you don't feel like you can talk to anybody else always make sure you try talking to God and I know a lot of my listeners may not or not not a lot but I know some of my listeners may not be you know, Christians or may not believe in God, but, um, for those of you that honestly do believe, like I believe, um, take that time, take that moment, pray, um, take, take the, whatever you believe in, take that time and pray and watch the, the revelation and watch what happens. Um, and I, I did that today before I started the podcast to be able to truly express what I wanted to say to you all. And it's definitely worked. Um, and I just want to shout out my father, um, shout out my dad for that because he, he really helped me be able to pick back up, um, pick back up the mic and, and to, to give you all episode five of the Ways World podcast. Um, so once again, I want to say thank you dad for that. Um, also I want to thank my mom. I want to thank, um, my brother D I want to thank everybody that has reached out to me, um, for just, for just being there. Cause sometimes that's all we really need, but, um, that's kind of again my, my mental health journey and that's also that was my stash account by the way um stash is an auto invest account that allows you to invest money in different types of companies in different types of ways uh, you can start off with as little as 15 bucks and in 30 days i went ahead and actually increased my my stock market net worth from 15 dollars to about 110 um i don't know how to, how impressive that is to some people but it actually worked pretty well for me um, but yeah, uh, this is definitely the ways we're a podcast that has been our, you know, little discussion as far as mental health. I might dip in and out here and there going forward, but sit back, relax, and thank you so much for listening to the ways we're a podcast. And I'll be right back with you.
So, generally here at the Ways World Podcast, you know, we do a staple. It's called Top Fives. Um, so I thought I'd do something, you know, not different, but something something I haven't really touched on, which is sports. I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a Colts fan. I'm a Rockets fan. And you talk about hockey. I like the Blackhawks and the Kings. Um, I do have a favorite soccer team, even though I never watch soccer. I like the Chicago Fire. Um, I'm not a Bears fan, even though I'm from Gary. I am not a Bears fan at all. Um, I've never liked the Bears. For a while, I liked the Bulls. And then I kind of just went on my own little basketball team journey of kind of figuring out what basketball team I really like. And James Harden is my favorite player. Um, but I like the Rockets organization as a whole. So that's the reason why I chose the Houston Rockets um, over um, over the Chicago Bulls. And then I chose the Colts over the Bears because the Colts is Indiana. Like, we live in Gary, Indiana. So why the fuck wouldn't I choose the Indianapolis Colts that represent the state of Indiana? Never made no sense to me. Never made no sense to me at all. Um, let me see something here. So, um, on IGN, they ranked their... Um, they ranked their... Well, not IGN. I'm sorry about that. Oh, um, Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. I cannot talk. Bleacher Report ranked their top five basketball players and if I remember them correctly um because I don't have the report right here in my in my face um it was number five was like Kareem um no no no. number five was Magic number four was was Kareem no no okay I'm sorry number five was Magic number four was Wilt number three was Kareem number two was LeBron number one was MJ I love that top five but I'm gonna have to switch around a couple personally um number one to me obviously is gonna be Michael Jordan if you don't have Michael Jordan as your number one you probably obviously have LeBron um again different strokes for different folks number two for me is gonna definitely be LeBron and if you don't got LeBron number two, you got Michael Jordan number two. So again, either one, one or two is switchable. Number three for me though, um, is what's gonna throw a lot of people off. In my top three, and again, this is very personal, is Scottie Pippen. The reason why Scottie Pippen is like, to me, the, the number three player of all time is, um, again, Jordan didn't get any rings till Pippen came along. Obviously Pippen didn't get any rings without Jordan. Jordan didn't get any rings without Pippen, but Pippen brought the defense right alongside Jordan and Pippen can also go ahead and score. I think the only season, if I'm not mistaken, that Pippen played without Jordan, which was 94, because Jordan came back around 95. Um, the only season that, that he played without without Jordan is, he. I think he dropped like 25 points a game. So that shows you that if Scottie Pippen like had his own little secondary player, he could he could be that dude. And also when he went, when he played for Portland, um, and went up against the Lakers in like the 01, 2000, the 2000-2001, one of those conference finals. Um, Scottie Pippen balled in those. Scottie Pippen balled there too. So like people, people are definitely asleep on Scottie Pippen. Like not sleep as far as him being a great player. But again, me personally, I feel like he should be much higher up on a lot of people's lists. Um, and then for for my number four or five, um, <clears throat> Magic definitely is number four to me and then number five i definitely I, I would have to put kareem too i would have to definitely put kareem in as my number five 
Um, and the reason why I would put um, Magic and Kareem is because a first off it's Magic and Kareem, um, but both. But just what Kareem himself did was he was um, a black Muslim player. Um, first came into the league as you know Luau Cinder. Um, and then in order to, he, he was very, he was a strong advocate when it came to, to black rights and when it came to, to, you know, black rights in the NBA and just overall, he switched his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, obviously. And that's what people knew, knew about him going forward in his life. And then Magic Johnson is just Magic Johnson. Like people call him, he, he was probably like the original, Hey Big Head, um, Magic Johnson, like, was a Lakers player, a Lakers coach, the president of basketball operations. From top to bottom, Magic Johnson has been a part of that organization. Um, and just, he was a 6'9 point guard that had the the, the handles of um, somebody, you know, somebody much smaller than him. And on top of that, he also, you know, could rebound. He could play one through five. Magic Johnson was just an overall versatile animal. Um, so, yeah. Let's just to compare that top five. And then a little another one, the reason why I mentioned IGM, because I had something written down here. Um, and it says like the, the IGN top five Nintendo 64 games of all time. So why not just go ahead and do that? Um, so IGN got um, number five, Excitable, Excitabike 64, number four, GoldenEye, number three, Perfect Dark, number two, Super Mario 64, and number one, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So off back, if you like Ocarina of Time, you're going to be pissed at me. You're going to be angry as fuck at me because I have never in my life played a Legend of Zelda game. Not one of them. Not one single Legend of Zelda game have I ever played. Um, but... I'm just going to give you all my top five real quick and just tell me what y'all think. So, number five is going to be WCW versus NWO Revenge because I am a huge wrestling fan and I played that game up until about 2003, 2004. And that game came out in like 90-something, so I almost had that game like a full 10 years. Um, And then number four is going to be WWF No Mercy. no Mercy, again, was one of those games that I had for a very, very, very long time. Um, I unlocked everything, beat every story mode, every which way you could say I, I whooped that game's ass. But uh, number three, for me, I'm going to have to agree with Perfect Dark. Um, definitely going to have to agree with, with, with Perfect Dark on that one. Number two is going to be Mario Kart 64 not super mario 64 people understand me when i say the games of mario kart can get popping to this day we can definitely get mario kart cracking to this day if anybody has an n64 if i even ever find an n64 and find a copy of mario 64 mario kart 64 like we're definitely we're, we're definitely gonna get that cracking too we could put money on that game and i can guarantee i'll watch anybody um and then i think uh, yeah i'm at number two so then my number one is gonna be goldeneye if you don't have GoldenEye as like your number one, um, again, you have lost your absolute mind. GoldenEye revolutionized shooter video games. Go- GoldenEye itself revolutionized <clears throat> video games as a whole. GoldenEye was was just that game. Like you had four screens. Um, you can never play with the, the the small Chinese dude with the with the bowler hat. You can never play him because he was so small that if he just simply chopped you, like you could never really get like a good shot on him. It was just always cheating. Um, but then you had like big head mode and then you had like golden guns only where basically with the golden gun, one shot, one kill. So 
you had like golden gun battles so you had to be like more strategic and again being a 90s baby being born in 93 it just it was so many memories of the 90s um that i have playing those games like i remember times i went over to to monty raven's house playing n64 um with, with her and all her kids or like i remember times of like the whole family coming over to to the house with with me my mom and my dad and my sister and you know um playing mortal kombat 3 and playing like i said mario kart 64 golden eyed perfect dark um wrestling like um, wrestlemania 2000 uh like all that all that type shit like it was just it was just perfect man it was just a, a perfect era and a perfect time and the n64 to me is the greatest video game console of all time so people may say the ps2 um sega atari whatever you want to say my greatest video game console of all time is the nintendo 64. there's so many stories and so many memories that i have of just that video game system of it all um now with playstation i remember when the playstation came out Cause my pops had resident evil for the playstation i remember watching him play resident evil um for the longest um and for a while i still had his playstation um but yeah um so those are my top five nba players of all time and those are my top five uh my top five nintendo 64 games of all time um so once again you know we're gonna cut this segment right here and i'll be right back with you Um, coming off the top fives, the next thing that we're going to get into is the AEW title being stolen. Um, of course, they found it by now, and I'm kind of late on this report, but it's still something that I want to touch about because, like I said, one of my things that I like in life is wrestling. So, AEW World Heavyweight Champion Chris Jericho had his title stolen, quote unquote, right? So, here's what happened. Chris Jericho, after he won the AEW Championship, went out celebrating, went to a nice um, signature name, Steakhouse. I don't think they released the name of the Steakhouse. He went to a Steakhouse, and when he went to the Steakhouse, um, he was driven there by a driver. So with the driver, he had the driver go take his luggage to the airport, um, or go get, go get his luggage from the airport. When the driver went to go get his luggage from the airport, um, the driver got the wrong bag. When the driver realized he had the wrong bag, he went back and got the right bag, and when he went back and got the right bag, the title wasn't there. Now, how they ended up finding the title, I still, for some reason, have not been able to to find that anywhere. Um, one report that I saw definitely said that they found it on the side of the road somewhere, which, if that is the case, why the fuck? Like, apparently, the dude knew that they was on to him, so he got the fuck up out of there, like, ASAP. He, um... He, he ditched that motherfucker to the side of the road like like some old garbage. Like, Shanice hates when I literally, like, she be like, don't be throwing cups of shit on the side of the road. That's exactly what this dude did to the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And that shit is so fucking crazy to me. Like, that's the, and the thing is, when they priced out the belt, the belt was like five bands. Like, it was like, not not five bands, I'm sorry. It was like five digits. So it was like, 50, like a $50,000 belt or some shit like that. I'd take a sip of that nice Nestle Pure Life clean water. Um, but yeah, that shit's fucking wild, dog. Like, my I've always had a dream of being what they call in the, the, the beers um, a booker um, or, you know, or like a, the, the showrunner. Like, I've always wanted to, to, to do that. 
but obviously you got to be able to get in the business or know somebody. And then on top of that, you got to, um, you got to be able to, to, to learn your rest. It's just so many details that go in behind that. Um, and it's just, you know, just, just fucking crazy. Like, and like, first off, let's touch on the driver. How first off, did you pick up the wrong luggage? Like, obviously you knew first who who that was chris jericho so why didn't you ask like what luggage it was or why didn't you ask like what it looks like like you went there on a mission and you were determined to to pick up this bag i get it but there should have been a couple more details or a little bit of follow-up just something that you could have done to to avoid this situation and then to talk about chris jericho like why the fuck isn't the championship with you? Like you're supposed to be carrying the brand of AEW. They selected you to go ahead and be their first world heavyweight champion. So why would you not uphold that shit? Carry that motherfucker in the restaurant. Why are you eating steak? You over here talking about bubbly on um these fucking videos and shit like that. Like why the fuck wouldn't you had a championship at had a championship at the steakhouse? Put it on the table. Feed the championship steak. Draw a little mouth on it, or like get some tape and put a mouth on it. Beat the championship stake. Make a whole little promo behind it. Put a skip behind it. Like you want to talk about bubbly, but you but you don't. But you but you can't you can't you can't uphold this this world hate you you. I'm just I'm blown. Like I'm I'm legitimately blown because is it doesn't it does not make any sense. Um, but AEW is in itself is an amazing company. And speaking of an amazing company, we here at the Ways World Podcast, I believe we are definitely an amazing company. So we're going to take a second and pay some bills with the Anchor app. So um, <clears throat> the next thing that I'm going to talk about is um, just a little marriage advice. Um, nothing too serious. That was just a notification. It's a thing called Google surveys that I do from time to time that'll help me get like change in dollars off of like games and shit that I, I might buy off of, um, buy off of Google or, you know, sometimes like one time I like saved up about $2 with the Google survey, um, and was able to like to get the delivery fee off of Uber Eats order taken off. Um, cause I had like, like two, three bucks saved up. So Google surveys definitely can come in handy, but, um, like I said, the next thing that I want to talk about is just a few, just a few marriage tips, um, that I've been learning along the way that I feel like might help other men. I'm not going to go into an hundred percent marriage advice thing. This particular episode that'll be saved for the episode that me and Shanice do together that, um, we're still, you know, getting together. But when that episode comes, like I said, if the first on the first episode, you better believe that that motherfucker's going to definitely bang. But, um, so just a couple of things that, that I'm consistently learning as far as, you know, being a new husband, because today is September the 9th on September the 23rd, me and Shanice will be celebrating our one year anniversary. Um, so the first thing is learn your woman. Um, I've been with Shanice about six years now and yeah, I can say that I do not know her a hundred percent. Um, I can say I know her about, about 80 to 85%, but I don't believe that that's bad. I believe with, with marriage, 
and with us being so long i feel like things consistently change so one day i feel like at one point in time i may have had it 100 percent, and then something happened that changed that up and dropped it down to about 75 like you got to understand that women change just like we do men on like a daily basis and and sometimes more often than not their change is way more significant like we may have like a small change like oh shit i got this i got this um my fucking stomach hurts so i might you know be shitting all day but that'll be that like if a woman's like you know shitting out there or some shit like that like it might affect them different i know it's kind of weird that i just use the the analogy for like shitting all day and i'm still using it or i'm still saying that word but um that's just one thing that i've learned like again i know my change may be one thing but with her just the just the the woman the the female body is complicated bro like that's that's the craziest thing the female body is so fucking complicated like they got ph balances um they got fucking like just all types of shit up inside of them that fucking can get fucked up at like the smallest or slightest hint of something that ain't supposed to be around and and as a man of 26 years i don't personally believe that we have any of that um at least i ain't experienced shit that just fucked me up just because it got introduced to my body like they got shit that if we just introduce it to their body it'll fuck their whole life up like it's just crazy um another thing though is showing consistency now my journey when it comes to to jobs um i am a i can get bored very very easily when it comes to work um and i know it's work so of course it'll be boring but what i mean is this right so when me and shanice worked at alorica together we kept each other at alorica we gave each other that reason to 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 be there we gave each other that like it was like a spark um and the an example that shanice used the other day was she was like she um the place that she works now she was like they feed us all the time she was like they feed us all the time and she was like and the pay is excellent she's like and the benefits are excellent so she was like because of those three things i have a reason to never really want to leave this job like unless this photography unless my photography really does pick up which we definitely been praying for and you know again Shanice Michelle photography Shani the shooter is definitely continuously on the way and on the rise but that's what kept her there the only job I've ever had like that was Alorica like Alorica as much as I hated that place it was something the people kept me there the people kept me coming back ever since then I literally have not found a single other job that's been like that where the people made me want to go back or even the work like because being at at&t the work was also fun like yeah i hated talking to those customers but on some days the shit used to be like the funnest the funnest part of my day like talking shit to a customer and not talking shit but being able to help people and again i ain't really been able to find it like the one place that i thought that i was going to be able to find was this place called care source but that ended up closing down or closing with closing in itself and it was just I, I can't I haven't been able to find find that plateau personally as long as my job experience goes but um you know with the job that I'm at now I've been here since May so November would make about six months but um I've I've I don't see myself leaving this place anytime soon like it doesn't necessarily motivate me to really be here but it also doesn't like make me feel bad for being here like um what's the word i'm looking for what's the what's the phrase so 
I don't have a boss. I'm by myself pretty much all the day. I get to listen to what the fuck I want to. I can pull this fucking truck over and go get something to eat whenever the fuck I want to. Um, multiple times, I didn't pull that bitch just like a Kroger or a Walmart fucking parking lot and and went in and got a couple of, you know, groceries that I knew was sustained throughout the my entire drive or throughout my entire shift and was able to take the motherfuckers back home or some shit like that's why I like my job because it gives me the flexibility to be able to do additional things like one time my job let me off work so I can come shoot an episode of this podcast that's the crazy thing that's the reason why I like my job but something that Shanice has always told me is she wants consistency and with consistency um, that's something that I've continuously improved on, or I feel like I improved on or something that I like, I strive to continuously to improve on because I understand that again, learning about your woman, I understand that that's something that she really wants. And it's something that most women really want It's something that you honestly should have to, that you should provide as the man in your relationship. And the last thing that I'm going to really touch on, um, and again, ladies, you, you can definitely agree with this shit and, and my niggas out there, y'all, y'all can definitely, y'all gonna agree with this shit as well. Um, for those that understand what the fuck I mean. So if your girl says she's hungry, that could mean that she's not hungry. That could mean that she wants something specific. That could mean she wants you to order something in. That could mean 20, 30, 40 different things. Um, when she says she ain't got shit in her closet, that means, you know, not necessarily she don't got none in her closet, but she don't have nothing that fits that exact situation and different things like that. Um, and that's the thing though, like it, that is not necessarily marriage that some of these things come into play. Some of these things do like as far as, um, it becomes extremely important as far as consistency goes when you get married. You should always want to be consistent for the woman that you love. But once you become married, consistency is one of those things that you shouldn't really have to. Um, you shouldn't really have to um, ask for it. like something that you should just you should just want to do. And that's something that, again, as a, as a new husband of only a year, something I had to understand. And then as far as learning your woman, the entire time you're with her, you should be learning her, especially if you see yourself with the future, see yourself having a future with her. And then the most important thing, um, learning to read between the lines of what the fuck she says, that will that will that will save your life in the long run like fellas that will that will save your life in the long run if you learn to read between the lines of what she says and learn your woman again learn your woman in particular and learn what the in between the lines means for her bro that will save you tens of that will save you so much agony but as a man it's a lot easier i'm sorry i had to like blow off this fucking phone um like I had dust and shit on it but like it's a um it, it it behooves you. It is highly recommended that these three things are done if you want to have a successful marriage or be an excellent husband. Uh, but once again, y'all, we'll be right back here. Um, the last thing that I'm going to touch on um, going into this next and last thing I'm going to touch on in this next segment is the Dave Chappelle skit. And I'm also going to talk about this news story where this guy in St. Louis at a bar was about to get robbed. And yeah, do lit a cigarette in the gunman's face. So we'll be right back with you on the Ways World Podcast. 
Okay, so the last thing that I'm going to talk about, uh, I knew I, I said that I was going to kind of talk about the Dave Chappelle skit a little bit. Um, as a matter of fact, you know what? Let me go ahead and just touch on that a little bit. If you feel offended by the Dave Chappelle skit, um, then I feel like you don't have a a different, like, a different, uh, how can I put this? I don't feel like you have a way of, of seeing both sides of an argument. Like, and the reason why I say that is simply, like, I don't feel like everything that Dave Chappelle said up there um, was wrong. Like, I don't feel like everything he said up there, as far as some of the issues that a lot of people are getting mad at, is incorrect. Like, like again, at first, the, the beginning of it, I felt was kind of cringy to me personally. The middle of it was cool. And then the end of it was hilarious as fuck. So, it got better as you went on. But it's because he touched topics or he he said things in a certain type of way that activated something in everybody's brain that made us all kind of like, ooh. But once we all go back and rewatch it and think about it, he ain't saying nothing that's out of the ordinary. He ain't saying shit that none of us have probably said before. Only difference is he just said it on a national platform. He just said it on a national stage. Now the Macaulay Culkin shit, uh, that one, I don't know too much about. You know, never really had anything in that area of a thought but you know again he had he freedom of speech and he had his right to say whatever he honestly wanted to say um but yeah like i said i just want to touch on that a little bit uh because i've been seeing like a lot of memes and a lot of people um for both sides again i'm a i'm a fair down the middle 50 50 type of person i always will go for both sides i will always look for both sides before i come and present any type of information because i'm not of the biased opinion i feel like it feel like at this point um i know it's only five episodes in but i feel like at this point i am um somewhat of media so i feel like as a responsibility being media that i on my own platform some media is biased like some media is leftist and some media is rightist, um, rightist. Some people, some media is leftist and some people are, and some media is right wing. Um, but I feel like um, my program, my podcast is is an unbiased ass podcast. And I feel like if anybody has a comment or anybody has anything that they want to throw in, um, by the way, you can email me now at waysworld93 at gmail.com with any type of question you would like to ask me. And I'll present it here on the show. Uh, but um, so like I said, but I just, I just want to touch on that because I feel like people are taking this to a different place than it needs to go. I feel like if we can all look at the Dave Chappelle Sticks in the Stones comedy special as as a discussion topic and not as Dave Chappelle slandering, then I feel like it would help us improve just as a just as a people, just as just as human beings. I feel like it would help us a lot. Um, but like I, like I also said earlier in the podcast, in the intro, um, something interesting that popped up a Facebook video I saw in a couple of news reports that, um, I saw about this. So apparently in St. Louis, there was a robbery attempt at a bar and with the robbery attempt at the bar, there was, um, a young man, he came in and when he came in, every other patron or every other passenger, I almost said passenger, every other patron, like every other um, customer of the establishment went in. And when they went in, um, when, when he went in with his gun, everybody else ducked down. This guy's at the bar 
um and you know the dude had a had a gun to his face like he came around the bar tried to get his stuff too had the gun to his face and dude lit a cigarette and like one of the quotes on there kind of was like dude had a i ain't got time for this shit type of mentality type of attitude and i i 100% understand that like like i touched on with, with mental health i be having gray ass days i be having horrible fucking days where i don't feel like doing shit like i don't feel like doing a goddamn thing and i'm and i just want to just i just want to sit here man i just want to be in this in this fucking bubble um and I feel like if I had one of those days and that shit happened, honestly, I'll look down the barrel and be like, you know what? Let me just smoke because I really don't have time. I don't, you know. And that, and, I, and what I'm I'm not advocating that that's a smart ass thing to do. It's not at all. Like if somebody has has a has a weapon in your face and they they're trying to rob you or take something from you, it's not a bitch thing to to give up your shit. It's a safe thing. Like it's a safety thing. You got to just make sure that you that you're at all times are cautious and safe because your life isn't worth a couple of things in your pocket. Like credit cards and shit like that can be canceled and replaced. The cash that you had in your wallet can can be replaced. You can you can make that back. Like yeah, at the time it'll probably hurt for a loss, but it's definitely something that's not that's not returnable. Uh, but but he really did just kind of have this this aura of. Yeah, I'm not I'm not cool. I'm not cool with that. But when they finally talked to dude, he said that the reason he did that honestly was because he had been in a situation like that before and he knew that people like that or the way he said he was like like basically like people he you know he said people, he didn't say punks. I was gonna think he said punks, but no, he said people like that. Um basically the reason why they do that is because because they they want something like generally uh when somebody is coming to rob you they come in for one or two things they either coming for your shit or they coming for your life like like they gonna come for your shit in your life or they coming just for your shit and they coming just for your shit to give your shit up and go and they coming for your life too there ain't too much shit you can really do about that in that situation unless you have a way to defend yourself he said in that situation he knew all the dude wanted was 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 just you know the shit inside the safe like everybody else that that do that the, the robber let get he he took they shit but once he got the safe which is what he really came there for do left like he lit the cigarette do left and that, that was really the fuck about it uh and that shit was just you know that shit was crazy um and you know i felt like i could like i said give my opinion as far as those two things go but um, this has been episode five of the, of the Ways World podcast, and we will be right back with you. I want to thank everybody that has listened to every episode of the Ways World podcast. I want to thank you all for listening to me here again. Um, I will be doing another episode. I'm doing back to back episodes for the first time ever. Um, I'm doing another episode tomorrow with a couple of very exciting. Woo! Y'all not ready for tomorrow's episode. Boy, y'all are not ready for tomorrow's episode. Though we might shoot that bitch tonight. For all the for all the fuck I know, we might shoot that bitch tonight. But yeah y'all episode five is in the books episode six coming tomorrow 
we just turning up here at the Ways World Podcast. I ain't got my showrunner here with me. I ain't got Shanice here with me today. Um, normally, she helps me, you know, like I said, run the show and helps me kind of guide things along. But tell me what y'all think. I feel like I did a really, really good job today. Um, you know, keeping keeping the structure, staying on topic. And I feel like I'm starting to find my groove. I feel like I'm starting to keep rolling along. Slowly but surely, I feel like I'm doing better and better. I want to shout out, as I always do, the sponsor of the podcast. Shout out to Anchor because you all allow me to do this podcast. You all have given me the platform to be able to express myself. You have given me the initiative to be able to go out and um you know not pioneer but to to get but to be an advocate and to continue to push for this own your own movement because i want this ways world podcast to be to be the top podcast on apple podcast i want this motherfucker to go number one i want all y'all to listen i want everybody to be able to enjoy i want everybody to be able to turn up i want everybody to just enjoy hearing your boy because you know um i i don't express myself to too many people, but I feel like the Ways Word podcast has given me an outlet to be able to do that. And I just want to, like I said, thank everybody that's listened to the Ways World podcast, and I appreciate y'all. Um, and I'll see y'all again tomorrow.